This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 911. Brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Hit me! My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hey there! And welcome back to iFanboy Pick of the Week. This is episode 911. What's your emergency? <laughs> it's a comics emergency, and we're here to help. Every Ooh. week, one of us picks the books they like to... They, no, that's not how, how it goes. Every week, every week, one of us picks the book they like the best from their stack of comics. We'll call that the Pick of the Week. We're going to talk about that book, other books of the week, the patron pick, listener mail if we got time. And here's your spoiler warning. There'll be some spoilers because it's a review show. Josh, you had the pick this week. So the way this works is I had a lot of books. Yeah, we, I had 25 books I read this week. I had some like that. I had a, handful, a of, handful of books that I had to read from before. I did a very good job of not coming too far behind, but it, yeah. it happens that that uh, this was the week where I had it. And which I, I don't hate. The problem with that is that I don't want to review both books, so I have to separate them right. in my mind. So I'll exactly read like, I, like it, I read Superman 9, and then I was like, I can't go anywhere near Superman 10 for a while. So I read them <laughs> right in a row, I won't know the difference between the issues. Right, it's just one big story, yeah. yeah. So I had read everything, and I was literally writing out the email to you this morning, and I realized that um, Avengers Twilight, uh, which we knew was going to be pick of the or patron pick, yeah, um, a spoiler, I guess. Uh, and I, I thought, oh, I haven't read that yet. I should probably read it before I make the pick. So, did you have a? And I'm not going to ask you what, but did you have a book that was going to be pick of the week before you read yeah, the, Avengers the next the the, I, the next two books that we talk about were my two contenders, and I couldn't decide. Okay. And so, and I don't know why I didn't, I think I just saw Avengers Twilight and thought it was another dumb spinoff and I didn't look at the creative team. Um, so this is by Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna. And uh, I mean, I want to say I was three pages in before I was like, fuck, this is my pick of the week. <laughs> I mean, it was not, and it, it wasn't even close. And I really was like, I don't really want to make a nostalgic Elseworlds Avengers book. To pick. I just, you know, it's. Right. From a thematic standpoint, it's not that interesting. But as I went through it, you know, like like these are things we've seen a lot of times. Old man, whatever. This is this is Captain America as an actual old man. Uh, he no longer has the superhero super serum in his system. Uh, he meets up with um, Luke Cage. Luke. At, and and by the way, the his his old black friend. I was like Sam. Nope, Cage. I just, you know, like it, it came to me, um, and and like as I kept going, the message was none, and none of this is like it's not James Joyce. It's, no. but it's really nice themes, and it leans into superhero stuff in that like basically the world is very different. There was a big event where all the superheroes caused, you know, we've seen like we've seen that a hundred times there's this is kingdom come in a way but the thing i thought was kind of cool was that um it it was very much grounded in our world meaning so if you went yes. 40 years from now i could see the world being like this uh and something happened where you're basically tony stark and wanda not uh janet. no janet van dyne's son uh james stark is 
uh, you know, a, a big, powerful person and, and he's against superheroes and everybody's against superheroes and there's no filming of anything for some reason. And then there's, you know, the cops on the street are like the judge dread cops. And, you know, again, we have seen all of these themes many times in many terrible things and many good things. Um, but there's a bit where, you know, he, Steve is, he's like, I don't, I don't want to get involved anymore. You know, I can't do a lot. Nobody wants to listen to me. And he sees that on their gigantic TV, uh, there's a documentary about how the red skull was misunderstood. And in fact, he'd try to take down Hitler and he's like, Oh, well, we can't have this. And just, just right there, the, the idea of the media taking what is truth and, and changing it into something new, which is the thing that we are seeing. We are seeing it in real time as we go. And, and I thought, God, that's, that's terrible, but it's utterly believable in the context of this book. And it's a really nice comment on today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I kept going, I thought that it, it coalesced really nicely into a story that, um, that I was very interested in. And as I kept going, it kept getting better. And we had flashbacks to the, the H day, the hero day. Um, you had some really nice cap moments and I really love the way that he was drawn and portrayed. Um, the next thing I would say about this is that, wait, is that not Luke Cage? Is that it is Luke, Luke Cage. Luke oh, okay. Cage, yep. He shows up later. He looks different. He's wearing um, a yellow shirt. That's fair. Uh, he, he's like Spock in that, or I mean, he's like Kirk in that chair with that yellow shirt. Yeah. Um, you know, and and as I just kept going through it, I thought the structure was really nice, how they explained what happened as he thought about it. It was all just like nuts and bolts, good comic book stuff. And then finally, I, you may remember sometime in the past few months, I says to myself, I says to you, I says to you too, who was that guy that we really loved that I haven't seen in a while? And it was Daniel Acuna. Yeah. So and guy's just, guy's just showing up here. And he, I mean, he's one of my favorites and I just hadn't seen him for a while. So I kind of forgot about him. But mm-hmm. he's so good. He's doing everything here. You know, uh, he's got some color assists, um, which I think, unless I'm looking at the wrong book and I forgot to write it down. Nope, nope, no, he did everything. That's no, he did book. everything. Uh, it was uh, it was an uh, Enfield game. Gang was color assist. Um, I just I just was really into it. I was like, this, and it's Twilight. And I was like, what the hell's that mean? And, and I don't know. There was just so much about it that... It spoke to me in an entirely different way than like old man Hawkeye did, but it still had the same kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel I feel like, you know, if you've if you're a comic writer and you've been around for a while, you eventually come up with a end of this end of the hero's story mm-hmm. and you want to tell it. Like oh, there's, there's been so many as you said, there's been so many of them, and there's almost nothing in here that's original. But that's okay because mm-hmm. we we never we, we will the nature of these stories is, is we'll never have the third act. So Mm, exploring everyone's different look at the third act is fun i think um as you said there's a lot of kingdom come here there's a little bit of the private eye here at least in the way things look yes yeah i thought when what i actually thought was i was reading this is and there's 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 dark knight returns like he's taking in you know the stuff and building on it and that that's great for me this really felt like a brian k vaughn book actually as i read it as i said cap has no powers he's he seems to be happily married to a doctor he's old he's got a little bit of an arrhythmia He's he's got his you know old man glasses. He stays out of the game. He still got a, he's still got a, a lovely head of hair though. Uh, yeah. He stays out of the game. Um, he's in good shape. He, he's still in good shape. He lives among his his trophies and his old posters. Only Angels Has Wings is a great film. Hmm. Um, and you know he's staying out of it, even though he goes to the to the to the park to have sort of hang out with Luke Cage and Matt Murdock. And they're they're trying to get him back in the game because they're both 
you know, whatever the game is, they're trying to get him back into it. He just doesn't want to get be a part of it because H day, whatever it was, was so horrific. Several things happened. One, I think all the heroes identities were released Two, mm-hmm. sounds like most of them died. We, we see uh, Spider-Man's death yeah. in the flashback. Uh, and they didn't seem to know each other. So this is all, this is totally just like an Elsa Rosie thing. Obviously it is, but, but you know, then, and then of course, but then going to that, I'm sorry, just going to that, uh, TV debate about Red Skull, he comes out and of course he sees some injustice and he just can't help himself mm-hmm. and he gets involved. Yeah, that was and nice. then, and at the end, does he get some sort of synthetic super soldier serum? Well, so what happen? I thought was really cool when I was talking about structure earlier was that, um, he mentions early on the serum's not in me anymore. Uh, you know, which is which is a nice and subtle way of telling you happened. And then later he he says they took it from me. And I was like, Oh, that's right. different. Um right. and they just they teased out that information. He didn't give uh, it up. in a really nice way. And so yeah, and then he gets something. Uh, you know, they they killed a bunch of people, they make in super serum. He trusted it all because he said, Well, it doesn't work on everybody. And he trusted it and they, you know, made him into Captain America again and well, super soldier serum. Uh I just I loved it. I, it just it was very made, good. made me really happy. There's a backup story here, which I've read before. Yeah, this um, is this is a reprint, the coming of the cursed uh, Avengers. Yeah, no, yeah, I know, but even so, I think they put it in something else. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't read it, but I looked the hell out of the art. <laughs> it was <laughs> Ralph Macchio's script. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's been in many things before. It's like it's like a, it's almost like a, I think it's Avengers one from Loki's perspective. I think so. Yeah, but it's definitely Avengers one. Anyway, uh, this was terrific. I, I didn't even know the last time we saw Daniel Cunha. He's been on, I think, Black Panther. He was on Black Panther with with um. Oh, that's right. It was Black Panther Coates for a while. Oh, you know what? It just if we're if we're praising him, one of the things I really liked was his version of the future. I thought was really good. It was a little sci-fi, but it was like, well, in thirty, forty years, people might dress like this, but this is not how we dress. No. Um. You know, and they had. Well, it's not uh, far off. Like Cap's got a suit. Yes, he's an old man, but. Right, Tony, uh, Tony Stark's son. He's basically in a suit. It's a little strange. It's it's like it's a little goofy. It's almost like a cape suit, but it's still recognizably a suit. Like it's not that far off from what we and like all the cars look ridiculous. Now. Like you almost don't notice it. Um, Red between the lines. Yeah, I, the I just Nazi. yeah. I mean, <sighs> that you, was so there's, good. There's, that's the part to me that gets gets you right because it's like. We see that we see now the way that information is weaponized and truth is weaponized and there's no truth anymore and anyone can say anything on YouTube and have a million people believe them, and so those these are the sto- parts of the story that make me feel claustrophobic. Like mm-hmm. when Cap's trying to shout that no, the Red Skull was a bad guy, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, old man. I just start to get like, you know, anxiety mm-hmm. because this is like the world we're living in. And of all the things that happened in this book, it's the most relatable, and you can only imagine what he feels. Um, Another thing we should mention is that he he ran for senator and lost. He tried to right. help as a elected official, and he apparently no one wanted Captain America to be a senator, which is strange. But well, the, but that's what I, like they would. Do you remember like the Swift boats with John yeah, Kerry, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. and it was just like this is ridiculous. That was sort of the first time that sort of happened. Yeah, that sort of thing, and it happened. worked. Yeah. And it just yep. it like clearly it was, and and this is that, and it's just getting worse. I mean, obviously we live here. <laughs> My only concern is. Um, it's only six issues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess the question is how big is the story they're going to tell? Although it felt very meaty. It's an oversized book, but it has the backup yeah. story in it. So, I'm um, not. It's about, yeah, I'm not. The yeah. main story is about 30 pages. So that's, that's that's still oversized. So, hopefully, you know, we still like we, we get like a, a 
um, satisfying story here. I'm not. I'm not worrying about that. That's a long way down the road, man. <laughs> Jeez, it was very good though. I was very it's happy. Great. And even the title is not really original. Like Twilight, Twilight of the Gods was that lost Alan Moore mm-hmm. DC story about the end of there. Like it, everything in here is is recycled, but in a very fun way. I mean, just it's it's we've said this a lot lately. Is I think for a long time everybody was trying to reinvent the wheel, and right now I think we have a generation of creators who are like, no, let's do the cool stuff, but bring all of our skills to it. And so you're getting mm-hmm. a lot of that. Just like good comic book stories that are not, you know, that are not like, but this time it's like this. It's just, I mean, it, it's it's still a future story, but you know, there's it's good skill, great skill. That's that's the thing for me. Yeah, and to, I mean, Chip Zdarsky has been hit or miss in the last year or so, mostly because of Batman. But mm-hmm. uh, this is good, Chip Zdarsky, and this is yeah. terrific, uh, Daniel Cunha. So if you ha- if you don't have to have know anything to read this, so you know, if it sounds yeah. fun to you, you, should jump in. Absolutely. I'm curious about James Bond, 007, number one, from Garth Ennis and Rafa Lobosco. Um, I only thought this was like, okay. I, all right, so uh, written by Garth Ennis is what, what gets me in the door. Sure, that's why I and read I it. I thought, um, all right. And it was very much, it, it was very much a kind of a cold open. I don't really know what the story is. I don't know what's going on, but... I think that what I liked about it was that it was a definite choice on a James Bond who, which is like an Ian Fleming kind of James Bond. Yeah. He basically murder murders Pablo Escobar's entire family in the first <laughs> scene. And he was like, they were just going to come back for us anyway. And whoever the M is here is just like, anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. And I, I liked that. Just how he's, raw he's called, that he's is. He's called brutish, which is the, yeah. the book version of the character. Right. And so th- there was that, which is fun or whatever. But to me, the other thing was, I think there was a lot of Garth Ennis in this. Mm-hmm. And it made me happy. I think it was a bit here where, uh, like I said, I was thinking about it for pick of the week. I don't think I would have because there wasn't enough here. But they get attacked. Uh, Bond is, is going to see an old spy who's standing in the water and they have a nice conversation. And their suits rolled up to their knees. And some bad guys come and blow them up or try to blow them up. And then, you know, James Bond blows his car up with a key and then a man goes flying and he's, he holds up his stumpy arm and his, and his arms. And I just thought, Oh, there was just a touch of preacher there. And also the line that he says, this is the last panel in the comic book. He goes, and you were, which I was like, that's cold as shit. He's still a little alive. You know, It, yeah, it, it, there wasn't a lot to it, yeah. but I really enjoyed being in the world. I instantly understood what James Bond we were looking at. We got a little adventure in the beginning, um, and I got a Garth Ennis feeling, and that was enough to make me happy. I don't disagree with any of that. I think my 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 two main problems, one is you touched on, which is it felt very slight. Yes. Um, and two, and this is a dynamite problem for 99 out of 100 books, is that uh, the art is just substandard. I mean, it's just they they spend a lot of money on the writers and they spend a lot of money on the cover artists, and then usually the the, pay, the interior artist is mm-hmm. someone who's upcoming nope. or cheap or whatever. But I didn't like the art at all. I wasn't great, but I wasn't offended by it. And also, like I, you know, you know what to expect going in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not always going to find a Bob Q or a. Who was that other guy they had? 
Um, I guess well, the art, Bob the Q. art on Red Sonia when Mark Russell did it was 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 solid, and Bob Q right. did some work there. He did some of that Red Sonia stuff, but it's just—I mean, I get it. I mean, I know that going to Dynamite books. It's just that's why I, I don't know, really love them that much. It's because I know that going into most Garth Ennis books at this point, like yeah. well, you know, the, he's the not. He's been doing it. The other publishers have pretty good artists on it. Yeah, he's still—he's not like. He's not the draw he was, and so in order to do the stuff, I don't know. I don't know. They're paying for the license. They got to whatever. No, so I know that. The, the money goes to the license. It goes to the writer, and usually they get a cover artist who they can sell some copies to f- for people who collect those things. And then the rest- Dave Johnson. Is, uh, yeah, exactly. Is not not that good. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll read the second issue because I do want to know what the story is, and it's a very much a Cold War, you know, yeah. hard as nails, mean James Bond. There's a hammer the and sickle on the cover. But I don't. Beyond that, we don't know what's going on. So we'll, yeah. I'll see. I'll read a second issue, and see what's going on. It was fun. I enjoyed it. The most exciting thing for me this week was that John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America number one came out, which was not a well. I guess it's a sequel to the it's Simon Spurrier, Aaron Campbell, John, John Constantine Hellblazer book from several years ago that we loved. I think we had like yeah. four of the six books or pick of the week. No kidding. And so um, to see it come back, which I didn't expect it at all, was mm-hmm. was was exciting to me. That was my and, and what was kind of cool book. was that it picked up. I didn't, I didn't really remember what happened, but it kind of didn't matter. It was just like, all oh, right, there's this kid who's his son who who is deaf, and this Scottish lady, and they did some shit. And I was like, yeah, I kind of remember that. And they're in America now. And and what got me with it, the title is Dead in America, and you kind of found out that John Constantine died. Um, and he's still he's still walking around via magic, but he says a line in here that I thought was really nice as he's describing anything and then closes out whatever he's talking about with, I haven't heard my heart beat in two weeks or something like that, or right. whatever it is. And I just thought that was a really but do cool. But do we know how he died? I don't remember. Or I mean, there was a bunch of shit that went down. I don't remember. Did it happen in that book or was it between books? I don't remember. I think it had probably happened in that book or uh, something. Um I remember because the part of the thing is that they're wanted because he tricked the kid into killing somebody yeah. who he shouldn't have, and it was a mistake. And John well, they killed did a bunch that. of like English um, uh, pro- uh, government people. Remember they like yeah. attacked Parliament, and yeah, it's vaguely in my head. I lo- we loved the book, but it was a long time ago. So the other thing I really liked about this was that a same team, so it's just like jumping back on, and it, you know it's John Constantine, not. Not the DC version, not you know whatever. It's like this is, this is the Vertical Comics version of that character. Um, you know the theme of him being uh, using people and knowing that he's going to hurt them and having to do it anyway, and kind of feeling guilty about it, but kind of not. But then what really got me here is that you know how in Batman uh, they're not shy about using the Joker. Or, you know, in every other book, you know, Lex Luthor's in all the Superman books now or whatever. And so in this book, um, Morpheus, I don't know if he's Morpheus, he's Daniel, actually, the Sandman shows up. And I thought, wow, big gun. And then later (laughs) he goes to he goes to see the swamp thing. And I was like, this is where Constantine comes from. Like, we spent a lot of time with him and the Sandman. And Mm -hmm. other than initially, I think maybe once in the book, but in the Sandman. I don't know that I've seen them together. And it was right. him. And I think this, this flashback here is to that 
that story, yes. right? To, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, no, because uh, he ended up with the bag of his his little pouch of sand that the people right. took from him. If you um, watched the he, TV show, you saw the female version of John Constantine fill that role. She she was she was so good as John Constantine, and she wasn't John, but she was John, and it Joanna. was great. Her her apartment was too nice. Um, and then at the, like I said, at the end, he goes to see Swamp Thing, you know, and and Constantine. <laughs> I loved that comes bit. Out of Swamp. I did too. He's in the, he's a golf course. He's he's he's. So they have a double-decker English bus. They're driving around America. That was hilarious. The details, the details of it don't matter. Um, and he's going to take them to this guy who can help. And he's in, they're in Florida. And he's, you know, he, he created this beautiful home in the bayou for his wife. And they're going to show. He's going to show it to him. And, and they turn a corner and it's a fucking golf course, and <laughs> which is like the worst possible thing for John Constantine. And but but it turns out it's still Swamp Thing. He's still the golf course, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. I thought the cop bit was a little heavy-handed. Yes, I agree with you. Um, but I think it was also made up by the fact, made up from the fact that the way that they brought um, Sandman into it was like everyone was getting kind of sleepy and there's a hitchhiker and it's like a dream sequence kind of. I, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. It was really smooth. The cop thing was, but. It, there was yeah, just no right. nuance to it. It was just like, he was like a huge stereotype. Yeah. You know, and I think, well, I feel like that's like a British guy writing trying to write the, I mean, the, the racial situation in America. Sure. Right now. But like, it was um, a good comic though. It was a good, it was good Constantine. I, it was unexpected. I didn't know there was anything coming. I mean, I don't know that anything's coming, but normally it's the same stuff. Um, <laughs> I've read a solicitation in a thousand just years. Not, but, oh yeah, no, we don't read those, but you're just not ready for anything anymore. It's just things come and yeah, you deal but with them. You usually, deal with them as they come. Usually it's the same old shit. Usually it's not a thing I really like. And or just usually life in general. Oh, sure. But usually like the comics that come out that I like that went away don't come back and are mm-hmm. just as good as possible. And I've been reading um Christ, what damn them all what is it called? The the boom book that Spurrier's doing that's damn a, basically all. a damn that's them Constantine. all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been reading it. It's okay. It's pretty it's not bad. It's just like it's not Constantine, but it's supposed to be, and this is just right. better. I think Simon Spurrier is very hit or miss for me. But I think that when he has some constraints, I believe Kieran Gillen is the same way. When he has some constraints, he does better. When he's left to his own devices to be able to like put all of his imagination out there, imagination out there, which is extensive, um, it gets too big. But in this, he's got to stay within some lanes, and I think that that makes it better. Yeah, I, I yes, I think that first Constantine miniseries was the best thing I ever read from him. And I've read other things and haven't really liked them that much, but he's very good at this. And that's the thing. You can't, well, I was going to say you can't ever write off anybody, but um, you never know who, who the right person and the right property and the right character will come along and, and it'll work. Mm-hmm. Even if, if it's someone whose work you don't normally like. And I think that's for me a size period. I read the first six issues of that damn mall. And when it, when it kept going beyond that, I didn't keep going with it, but I'm looking forward I honestly, to this I think I kept reading it, reading it. Cause I was like, well, He's doing Hellblazer, so and I would read it if it was Hellblazer, so whatever. And now it is. I also think Aaron Campbell's terrific. I love the, the, his sort of gritty um, mm-hmm. style that is so, sort of realistic, but also fantastical. He's that, and that fits right in with yeah. the Vertigo Hellblazer. I mean, that's that's spot on for what that should be. spot on. His pages with Daniel were terrific. Um, he does the ghost and not ghost. Well, he does the demon and stuff really, really well. Yeah. And like the pages where that one page where he's like 
Constantine's walking around his face. I mean, not mm-hmm. literally, but that's the construction of the page. It was terrific. The, it, actually, it was a really well-written Sandman, too. Because he does that thing where he's kind of every he kind of is everything at once. Like he's kind of nice and sweet, and then he can be really scary because he's so powerful. Right. Um. And I thought that that was done really well. And you know, the lettering's a dead giveaway. When that <laughs> happened, I was like, because it was because it because that was the thing at the end of the book when he, you know, was reborn as Daniel instead of Morpheus. Like it went from black with white lettering to white or black on white, but, but different stylized. Right. Todd Klein. Shout out to Todd Klein, everyone. Um, and so there was that, which was nice. Let's take a little bit of an early break here to talk about how the best to support the show. We have a bunch of other books to talk about. This was the best place to put the break. Um, this is a, this is a listener supported show. That's how the new media works. If most things are listener supported, fan supported, and we thank everyone who supports the show. There are many ways I'm going to run down through them real quick. Cause we have a lot to talk about. Patreon.com slash fanboy. That's our main source of support. You can go there and be part of a great community. Ifanboy.threadless.com is our merch store. We've got 13 designs. You can put in all kinds of merch, including t-shirts. Ifanboy.com slash support is our digital PayPal tip jar. Ifanboy.com slash Amazon is a great place to shop. Uh, we get a little piece of each sale. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It comes out of the, the organization's pocket. You can find links to our books, books on that page, but also just a general shopping link. And uh, click it and forget it, or bookmark it and forget it. We appreciate that very much. And also bookshop.org is our partner for local to help out local bookstores. If you buy a book from them, you can designate the money from your sale, go to a particular bookstore or just to a general fund that is shared amongst all participating bookstores. And so those are all great ways to help support iFanboy in our various shows. And hopefully you, you enjoy them enough that one day you feel like you might want to do so. And we thank you very much and appreciate that. We have come to the end of the Enfield Gang Massacre. Um... And I, I liked this a lot. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like maybe part of the story didn't evolve. Like it kind of ended quickly, yeah. but also I can't, I can't argue with what happened in the story. And I think that what saved this for me was, uh, there's a, what saved it for me is I, I really love the aesthetic of it. And I think that mm-hmm. these people, I think the, um, Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips just like really like living in this uh, you know, genre and it's mm-hmm. kind of just fun to be in there with them. Um, but there's a bit where basically they catch the bad guy and the, they've all schemed the, the, well, the good guy who's their bad guy, uh, all of the, the, the law guy enforcement being framed have, for the murder. Right. So all of the yeah. law enforcement have schemed and, and colluded to get to this point where they're going to hang him. And you, you see a situation where, incredibly unbelievably the wife grabs a gun gets out of the thing shoots and they move off we see time they they raise a family and they grow old and i I was reading like that's so weird why is this happening and then we snap back to real life as his neck is snapped and he hangs from the gallows and it's the end of the story (laughs) and and it got me like at first i was like this doesn't make any sense and then they snap you back to reality and i was like that's right it doesn't make any sense because and they even remind us uh, in the letter, in the essay at the end, which I read some of, because it's the end. I can read it at the end. Uh, we saw him as a corpse at the very beginning of the book, which I forgot about. Yep. Um, so you know it's not going to end well. Well, and he had to die. He was, I mean, it's the past. He would have died eventually. I I thought this was over, overall a disappointment, despite the fact that we loved the first issue a lot. And I thought, this, I thought the, the ending was strong. I, and I, I wonder if I'll be less disappointed if I sit down and read them all together. 
I enjoyed reading every issue. Yeah. My complaint was really about when I stand back and I look at it from a distance. I was like, oh, I feel like I wanted that to develop more. But I don't know that it it should have. I mean, that's the choice. Six issues, it's whatever. If it was an ongoing, that'd be true, but it isn't. They say at the end there's going to be more that Texas blood coming. I would hope so. Says, uh, no more infield, but we'll be back with some more that Texas blood. Just bear with us. (laughs) His essays are so earnest. Like, he's just, I'm just so happy to be here, and thank you so much, and this is what we love to do, and and I love it. It's very sweet. I mean, overall, overall, I was happy the book came out. We don't often get just a straight-up Western without yeah. a demon or a monster or whatever. And so that I'm, I'm not all bummed about the book. I just feel like the middle lost the thread a little. I'd like to go back and read them all and see if I still feel that way. If I, if I, I mean, if I, I think I, we're, I think part of that feeling is that you want the actual bad guys in this to get some comeuppance and they get none. So the whole yeah, time that, that mm. other sheriff guy or whatever he is, is, well, there's is a Texas Ranger. And then there's the other, right. Dude. The Ranger. And he's like, he's, he knows what's happening. And, and, you think he's going to get him, but he don't. I, think, I don't think that's the case because I think the case is that I don't understand why anything happened. I think like I know we know that this guy, in the not the ranger, but the guy with the black goatee and the black hat. Haha, it's really obvious who's the bad guy. Um, killed the the two people in the first issue. We didn't see it till later. But I don't know that we ever know why or why anything was happening or why he was framing the infield. Like I think that was what bugs me a little bit. Maybe I'll go back and read it. It'll be clearer. I think that they just wanted to get him because he'd been robbing folks or banks or whatever for a long time. But the guy is clearly evil because he he like Mm -hmm. disemboweled them. It wasn't just like he shot them. Like it was something about that. And so I'm just curious as, you know, why anything happened. (laughs) That is a a fair criticism. Um, Uh, You made me read Creepshow or you told me to read Creepshow number five. I said check it out. It was a a soft recommend. Yeah. And I and try to do you? what you say to do. Sure. So I read it. I read the first story. Yeah, that's all I said. Yeah. Uh, this uh, creep show, an anthology of like um, creep show. There was a, it was a thing. It's it's it, a TV it show. created the it, yeah. It, but it was a comic too, and it yeah. created yeah. the genre. So you know, two morality tales as gross out little horror stories. Saladin Ahmed and David DB Andre and Tim. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Saladin Ahmed and Artyom Toplin on the first story and. The uh, you got you got yourself a Wortham kind of guy, and all comic books are bad or whatever. And he uh, he gets trapped inside a comic book, um, and 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 like the the panels start cutting him and and slicing him to bit. And so for a Wortham guy to get stuck inside a comic, I just thought it was a fun way, and I haven't seen in a while to mess with the form and sort yeah, of I acknowledge they- that you're in a comic book. The art was terrific. Um, well, I'll yeah. get to that in a second. This, the art reminded me a little bit of who was the guy that used to do the books with Kyle Starks or does the books with Kyle Starks? Um, Schweitzer? Uh, uh, yeah, Chris Schweitzer. Although, right, yeah. reminded me a little bit of Chris Schweitzer. Um, so this is like a guy running for governor who's who's going to burn comics. You know, he's, he does big comic book bonfires and he gets caught inside the comic and he ends up burning. You know, all, all very ironic as these stories are end up being. You need to check out, well, you should, what, another book doing this th- sort of thing also is a uh, local man that Tim Seeley is doing an image. And mm. we very recently had uh, the main character take hallucinogens and be high for two issues. And the last issue, he started walking through the ads in the book and all the other stuff and mm. commenting on everything um, and being able to see the sound effects, like just like here. So it was very similar kind of thing, less bloody and gory, but 
Um, and the thing about this book that's fun is that the bad guys always get their comeuppance in it, and it's terrible. Oh, for sure. And I, I enjoy that. It looked very. I, I skimmed the second story. It looked somewhat similar. I re- I really like the art on the second story. That was yeah, by I did too. Um, David Andre and Tim Daniel, um, with, with art by Matthew Roberts. Uh, basically, monster under the bed. Uh, and his parents don't believe him. They're jerks. And, and the monster says, you got to give me something you love if you don't want me to eat you. And so he starts giving him comics. The kid's super into comics. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end, uh, uh, the kid becomes the monster under the bed, but the monster really liked him and he liked his comics. So he was never going to eat him at the first place. By the way, the kid's parents get eaten. There's your spoiler. It was good. I love the art in that second one. That was beautiful. It was very good. Yeah. This book's great. It's good every time. Every, it's good good every time. It's great, great talent on it. Uh, Fantastic Four, 709 or 16. This is Ryan North's first issue doing the kids. It's a kid-centric story. The uh, Valeria and Franklin and the two space kids. Um, <laughs> didn't really love the Francesco Mortorino art. Uh, it was fine. The faces were a little pinched, but that's okay. Um, I thought it was a fun story. I don't want to do the kids all the time, though. I think as a one, as like a one, every once in a while, the kids get the spotlight. That's fine. I think, yeah, no, I thought it was a fun one. You know, like the geniuses, but they don't have the maturity. So there's hubris. Um, they're smug. I really like that. Like Reed and Sue's kids are smug. They're rich kids, really. I mean, more, more or less. You know, they're right. they're you know their parents work really hard for everything, and they're super geniuses. And these people are super geniuses too. But you know, they've had it easy in a way or at least in this they're they're celebrities they've got abilities or at least they had abilities you know they hang out with famous people they're they're celebrity kids and and so they go to a new high school in this small town because they're they're all forced to flee new york after the disaster that you know the the whole building thing and so they think in this small town high school they're going to rule it you know everyone's going to love them and at first they do and then it very quickly turns on them i really like that the story isn't that some shit happened in new york and they're solving that problem. That's all mm-hmm. just a reason to have them not be there and to be right. in other places. And that's wonderful. Uh, you know, that's that's not the the reason that, like, that's not the the thing they're trying to fix. Right. Um, I love you know, how quickly it was fun. That they, the hubris was the fun part, right? Like they right. They, thought, they thought they could invent this thing. There's the ultimate solvent, and it's so it's so good. I love that, how. Yeah, quickly it ex- escalated, like it kept getting worse. And they were like, we solved it. And they're like, you didn't solve it. I mean, and to be fair, they, they did it. They invented it. They just said it was it was so much of an ultimate solvent that it burns through everything into the center of the earth. And, and you know, it becomes like a real big problem that involves two spaceships. And, um, <laughs> I mean, this was really, really well done Ryan North stuff. Again. But I think, yeah. Yeah. So... Good stuff still. I mean, it's, I guess it adds another dimension to the story, but um, I enjoyed it. I don't think we have talked about this particular Batman Superman World's Finest storyline yet. I know Ryan and I talked about the first or the second issue around Thanksgiving when you were not on the show, but I don't think you and I have talked about. No, we haven't. And, and what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, this is basically, this is the prequel to Kingdom Come, if I'm not mistaken. But is it? It's, well, it's not anymore, is it? I guess. No, that's the that's what I felt since like the very beginning. Right. Like this would this none of this makes sense in the terms of Kingdom Come anymore. These characters, yeah. Um, none, none of this. I, I, as Ryan and I said, talking about it earlier, unless this ends in a giant mind wipe, there's no way this is actually the Kingdom Come universe mm-hmm. because it just does. These characters would, you know, 
none of this would make sense for them. But are you liking it? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure going back and forth, but the fact is I never understood Gog and Magog anyway. (laughs) So I really, I think probably the thing that I liked the most is that for a little while you're watching the Batman and Superman of that world act a way that you're like, there's not going to do this. But as soon as like Batman twigged to something, it all changed and they went there. And you find out that also were they not fooled because, you know, the big bad has, Gog has like, super pheromones makes everybody like him or whatever right um i don't know Patient it's power. big and stupid and it's by it's by mark wade and i want to point something out to you i think you'll like okay um go to page 22 it's gonna and be so a second here gog is giant right he's a giant person or whatever he mm-hmm. is and and so on page 21 both supermen punch him in the chin and he falls down fall down good yeah. And look at that first panel on page 22 where he's hitting the ground. Thum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, there's nothing for context in this panel. So to our eyes, he just, he should, he can look like a regular person. But right. the way that Dan Moore is tight on the body and is under the shoe, yeah. we get a sense of scale without anything to show it. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. It's a great, like he looks, it's a great pickup. He, he, he feels like a giant just from the way they've they've angled the the art, and that's a, an amazing bit of storytelling. It is, and it's the same. The, the The Supermen are in the panel, or in the page of the panel before that, but they've he's still done it. He's he's the hand is right in front of us, which does give you that scale, and then that. Oh next yeah, in that thud. in that page for sure. But in the next one, there's nothing in the page that panel no, with him. So it's I, all basically, good. he's using the same technique, but he's taken yep. the the figures out to do it, and there's a there's a lot of kirby in that like the best kind um he's got a lot of skill this guy he's got an enormous and, amount of, of craft and often you, you talk about disliking the final page character reveal but this one was very good yeah yeah you, and you thought well we've avoided this and then you know the, the character shows up and they they didn't um it's funny they were like that chair is familiar i was like it's the Mobius chair. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, come on. You'd, you'd know this. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, no, no, they would. You're right. No, they would. Um, all right. So now let's take an, a turn. I, you know, I was thinking about making this a corner, but you went ahead and did it. So I'm glad you did. Uh, the G.I. Joe corner. And uh, we have two G.I. Joe books to talk about. And so first, you know, it was just one week ago that we talked about the Energon universe and how it might be the most exciting thing in comics right now. We had, uh, transformers and we had, um, what was it? What else did we have last week? Just transformers. Mm, just that one? Well, Duke, but that, no, that may have already week. happened. Yeah. That but, but it week. was no, but it was in the context of the thing. So we were talking about transformers and GI Joe and how it was all very exciting and everything was awesome. And then Cobra commander came out and, uh, threw a big old wet blanket on it. Okay, so I'm not willing to go that far, but I don't disagree either. The art was terrific. So this is Josh Williamson and Andre Milana. I thought the art was wonderful. Was right, sort of cartoony so, and, and hard-edged, and I liked it a lot. So I'm just going to let this out. Uh, Joshua Williamson, who did the fantastic uh, Duke book previously. Yep. He's also doing the Cobra Commander book. Um, yep. Great art, like you said. Um 
but we start doing you know origin of uh, uh, of Cobra Commander, and he's uh, he's he's in Cobra Law. So we go back to the Cobra <sighs> Law era. We learn more. About, stay with me. It is canon. In, not in my it, head, it's not. It is canon, and I I think the same. Was it thing ever in the that comics? You, that's a good it point. It's just the cartoon. I don't know. Co- just cartoon canon. I, yeah, yeah, it's true. But this, I don't know what this is. It doesn't matter. They're going to pick and choose. It's like when they go to the. It's like when they go to the prequel stuff in Star Wars. It is. I can't do anything about it. And so, being that, I really like. I love Cobra Commander. He's one of my favorite villains of all time. And he's so useless. And in this world where there's going to be Transformers, I can make an allowance for there being a Cobra Law. And I have to I have to have it be ridiculous. And if this is what I'm going to get, then that's what I'll get. And it's fine. I, I don't love it. I wish that it was a world where that wasn't it. But there's a Cobra Commander comic. And, and you know, it's going to be ridiculous. Then let it be. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean... I'm, the- I'm fine. The writing isn't bad. You know, like it wasn't a badly made comic. No. It's just, I, I find Cobra Law so offensive. And I'm going to be clear. I found it offensive as a kid. I did too. When the movie I came 100% out. 100% did. And they turned fucking Cobra Commander into a fucking snake. And there was Globulus and, and Nemesis, uh, Enforcer. And Nemesis Enforcer. And what's and the her lady. name? The lady. Uh, what um, is her name? If only, if only. Kindle would let me enlarge the page. Um, she was she was unmemorable. Anyway, I, as a kid, I went. I don't want any of this. I did. I didn't like it. I, I didn't same. like any of it. I, I did too. And and so that, that being said, I love that movie. I love the movie up until the point where they go to Cobra Law. Um, Even I I love the movie. It's ridiculous. So when it happened here, I was not super thrilled. Pythona is her name. That because that's a bad name. The other ones are memorable. That's not memorable. That's like a that's like, like a, a Thundercats thunder name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I would Pantro. hug you so Pantro. good right now. So, uh, I mean, the only the only save, no, there's two saving graces in this, and we'll talk about the second one in one minute. One minute, but I couldn't tell from this book, and it seems as if Cobra Commander is not from Cobra Law. That they just rescue him. Is that what you got from this? No. No, he you was like he was from Cobra Law. He was like the Jor El of of Cobra Law. Maybe I don't know. If maybe there was maybe a detail about that. My reading of it, and again, I'm just desperate for Kindle to work. Um, is that he ended up there and lived there for a while, becoming the Jor El of Cobra Law? Okay, but I don't possible. know if that's accurate or not. I could. It, well, we don't you know, get to see his face. Which is the way it should be. Um, Wait, but there is like a weird eye on his face. No, that's one of their like bug things. Maybe if he's just a human and wasn't a snake, then that's okay. See, the whole... F- well, hold on. Let me see here. You've just given me a reason to to be even more okay with it. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's always lived there. Here's what the funny thing is, is that he's in the hospital bed with gross bug juices everywhere, uh-huh. and, he, and he gets summoned by Galobulus, and he walks out in his fucking straight-up Cobra Commander uniform. Right. Well, I was like, why does he have that, if this is that long ago? I don't know. Right, right. But if we're talking about an Energon universe, we're talking about alien robots, and then all the other stuff that we know is going on in Void Rivals, you can't say this doesn't exist. If well, you're no. gonna put it, the transformers it's not in the it, pale. I just don't like it. It, it. Look, none of this. This is all the energon stuff is a whole different continuity. They can do whatever they want with it. 
Sure. But I just was so excited because I've loved everything so far. Duke was terrific. And then this was just like a kick in the nuts, which is fine. But, you know, I, that's what I it really was. wanted to enjoy it. And so I leaned into the part of it that I enjoy. However, um, finding out that Megatron is a captured Megatron is the reason why Cobra Commander has been able to invent all this cool stuff was interesting. I don't know how that fits into seeing Megatron in the Transformers book in a different scenario, but hopefully we'll find out. And there's going to be Dreadnoughts. Yeah, so yeah, I need to reread this issue. It was hard to read through the blood in my eyes. So it's fine. I might have missed a detail. Uh and then Thank so over God the same for GI Joe, GI Joe, a real American hero, number three hundred three by Larry Hama, who is age seventy four. And by the way, fascinating life on this guy. If you, I just I went and refreshed myself on Larry Hama's life, and it's just it's just he's he's delightful. You know what's uh, interesting Chris, is that Chris Mooneyham is very similar in style to Andy Kubert, who's doing the covers. Yes. And, yeah, I see that. And it's like, I get it. I get it. Andy Kubert is a name and sells, but like, Winningham could just do the covers. He's almost the same artist. Yeah. Well, that's, I figure they make about half their money from cover artists at this point. Yep. I, I like a lot of this, and it should be noted that right now I am watching the G.I. Joe cartoon, reading the G.I. Joe comics, and into this, and I'm starting to get a little, like, you know when people do too many drugs and, yep. and the edges of reality? <laughs> like, that's kind of where I am. How many continuities are you dealing with? Four? Three, I think. Three, yeah, no, three, because this is part it's of the original three. one. three. Three um, I guess this technically is the same. It's just a different time in the original one. I, this I, I even not, had that problem myself, and I'm not even watching the cartoon. I was reading... The uh, the collection yeah. that we're going to do the books load on today, and I was starting to lose it a bit because I just you know I was like wait wait a minute what because there's a lot of judge it's a lot of yeah. it's but it's the, that is a good way to be the thing that I I did I don't at the beginning like you've got Cobra Island has they they all turn themselves into zombies but slowly over time Serpentor and Doctor Mindbender. It's Genghis Khan Serpentor, who yeah. looks like Genghis Khan, by the way, which is a nice, nice uh, addition. Uh, they're not, they don't seem to be zombies anymore. Right. They're, they're pretty much people who are just kind of screwed up. And I'm cool with that. Um, I like that. I don't, I, we, we need to stop. We need to stop Snake Eyes from talking. We need to do it right now. Well, that was, that was my main concern. So, you know, they have these AI bat, bats, like next generation bats. Blue ninjas. Bat ninjas who who they have just deployed here and they're attacking several places, including um, G- the GI Joe base. But one of the places they attack is is Snake Eyes' cabin, where he is. Um, he and Scarlet are living with with their new uh, dog, and of course, um, th- these AI ninjas have bitten up more they can chew. I understand that Snake Eyes is a now a clone mm-hmm. of some other version of Snake Eyes. But that clone should not have vocal cords that work. I mean, just like the I one fig- he's cloned from. I figure they got to take it away at some point. It doesn't. You know what? I Let him have a. He, what? I don't see the Arash tattoo either. Well, he wouldn't have it. Right. This is a problem. Maybe this will all be paid off. Could be. I did, you know, I gotta love. I gotta love a scene where where some people come in to get Snake Eyes, and they don't know what they bargained for. And he kicks the shit out of. He's Wolverine of this world. And Scarlet. Let's not discount Scarlet. Yeah, no, I I get that too. But he's the one jumping around doing cool shit. She's rad. 
Well, she um, takes that one guy down with the giant thing here. But, um, yeah, no, he started talking. I went, what? Because I, I realized yeah. you and I came in at the very end of the run before. Yes. We came in at like 295 or something. We don't know exactly what's been going on. We didn't know why there was two snake eyes. We didn't know what was happening. So maybe there's context for why he talks. Hey, but, but it's it was delightful to not know what was happening and be like, what? Why is yeah. that? <laughs> I was, that was a big part of the appeal. Yes. No, I agree. Um, Mooneyham draws the hell out of the sequence, by the way. Um, yes, he does. Terrific dynamic angles coming up from a below past the bats to see the, the snake eyes and scarlet in the rafters. And then, you know, really fun sword fighting with AI robot ninjas. And uh, really, I, I, the art in this is just terrific. How, how can he keep this up? Yeah. Good stuff. Also a really good spirit. Great spirit. Spirit is watching from the uh, water tower. That's how he protects the base. By the way, sometime around episode 15 or so, G.I. Joe ca- cartoon gets really good. <laughs> All the other characters start showing up, and it's just like like quick kicks over there. There's no job. There's barbecue. Oh, I can't wait till it starts happening in the comics. I, I, I can't wait. This base is in Utah. <laughs> It should That's be in not, Staten Island. It should be Fort, Swat, Fort Wadsworth. Six um, stories down. I'm just happy that this came out the same week. If this hadn't come out the same week as Cobra Commander, I might have been distraught. But um, it was okay. Again, Cobra Commander, in, not badly made. Just lean into taking, it. It's taking the only part of G.I. Joe I dislike. Decide going back that to you it. decide that you want to enjoy Cobra Commander as much as you can. We're in a world where there's more Cobra Commander and and it doesn't matter. <sighs> it's all lies. Lies. Did you ever doing that once and like hurting yourself? So the the problem with that, by the way, the Cobra Law thing is that at the beginning there's a guy, and I thought that that was going to be Cobra Commander because he yells retreat several times, and I was yes. like, well, that must be Cobra Commander. Right, that's what he does. Retreat. If somebody yells retreat, it needs to be either Starscream, who yells retreat <laughs> in the last issue of Transformers. Or Cobra Commander. Retreat! <laughs> so good. It, it's just way more powerful if he is basically a charismatic cult leader as opposed to a supernatural soldier. You know what I mean? All he all he needs to be is an overconfident, arrogant buffoon. Right. That's But that comes from being a nobody as opposed to, you yeah. know, a snake he's man. A nobody, he's a nobody in the snake world, too. <laughs> He can't catch a break. This is what I'm talking about, but he doesn't accept it. Patreon.com slash iFanboy is how you can vote to add a book to the rundown. If you're a patron, every patron gets to add a book to the rundown. The final book we talk about is called The Patron Pick. And this week, the votes were spread out a bunch of bunch of books. The winner was the winner was the leader the entire time. However, it got close towards the end, but it ended up being Avengers Twilight Book One, which Josh um, spoiled earlier. And so we already talked about it, but we can rate it. Ratings. Ratings on Avengers Twilight Book 1. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. 4.4. 4. 4.4. 4.4. 4.4. That's what I'm saying. Sticking with I'm, it, yes. Obviously, yes. We're both obviously. We're in for the whole, the whole business. I can't, I can't wait. Even if it was just Acuna, I, I don't think I could. God, he's good. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. If you're a patron, you, 
every patron gets a vote to add a book to the rundown. But if you give it the five dollar a higher level, you get a superpower live on the show. It's called the patron power. We like alliteration. We are comic fans after all. Mm. And uh, this week's patron power goes to Chris Malloy. Chris Malloy's power is that his hands can grow to three times the size of normal hands. Hmm. Just three times. Uh, at at will? Yes, he can make them grow and shrink. Back to normal. Is he able to do sizes in between? No, they just grow big. So there's only normal size and 3X. Yep. Okay. Okay. Big palooka hands. I'm trying <laughs> um, Does his... Relative strength, does he does he lose? Like like is it is it harder to wield large hands for him, or is it the same as if they were his regular hands? It's mostly the same. He, he can't do the fine detail work that smaller hands could do. But <laughs> you know, you get hit with one of those palooka hands, you're in trouble. <laughs> I, I think, and and that's I, I don't name, mean by to. The way. That's a superhero. I, I was going to say the, the power is palooka hands. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> But they can retract. Retractable palooka hands. <laughs> He's like Wolverine's claws, but with hands. And and much less effective. Well, again, you can punch with a... Like, make a fist. Now, imagine that fist three times as can, big. That's can it be really fast? What do you like, mean? Did, like, can he, like, so, like, say that he winds up to slap the bad guy. Uh-huh. And, like, as he pulls back, it's normal. And then he come, as he comes forward, the second yeah, yeah, that he, he makes contact, yeah, for it's sure. full size. Okay. And that'll be a surprise. Right, because that guy didn't see it coming. He didn't, he's like, whoa. <laughs> I got palooka. I didn't, I didn't realize he was that kind of palooka when he started to. <laughs> Chris Malloy, you got palooka hands. Thanks for being a patron. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. <laughs> let's, let's that got let's, funnier as it went on. Like, we <laughs> developed you. it, and I think that was good. Let's, uh, we can do at least one email here. Let's do Craig M. I'm sorry, Greg M. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Greg says, last year I submitted a question where I gave you a list of characters and asked you to name the first writer and artist you associate with that character. Um, This year it's the same game, but different. Below is a list of creators, and I'd like you to each name either the first character or piece of work that comes to mind. For example, if I said Greg Rucka, you could say Lazarus. Or you could say the question. Please note that if one Jamoke takes an answer, that answers off the board. So if I said Neil Adams and someone said Batman, Batman cannot be said for the rest of the game. Is that how we're playing this, Josh? I I don't I don't I've tried really hard not to look at this, and I thought you would read these to me. I wrote some more for you, but that's fine. You can, we, so, but you, you're you're just answering. Mm-hmm. You can you can answer after, but I'm not doing. I we okay. Here's what I'm, I'm going to put the. We cannot reuse a character. Right, but that's the other person can. Like if we both, like, but if we both are like, if it's like uh, uh, Neil Adams, and we both want to see Batman. I mean, that that violates Greg's rules. I don't like Greg's rule because oh, the, the intent is to say the first thing that comes to mind. And if a person, you know, Greg's John trying to make Ostrander, it harder as the game goes. Right, but then what happens is by not being able to do what you said, then you're not saying the first thing that comes to mind. You're coming up with a with a second answer, which is irrelevant to the. There lies first the challenge, instinct. I believe. I don't like it. All right. Josh is, Greg, Josh is tossing your rules out the window. Okay. So I'm reading these names. Mm-hmm. All right. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names. And I've tried not to really look at them or think about it. So okay. I've tried to not. First name. Mm-hmm. John Byrne. Superman. Ex- uh, Wolverine. Interesting. 
Well, I, I, I'm try- I, I couldn't help but play by the rules. Okay, that's fine. That's Alan a good answer. Watchmen. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. George Perez. See, I was going to say Superman again, but I got to say, I got to say Avengers then. Uh, Louise Simonson. Oh, God, the only thing I know is Superman X Factor. <laughs> oh, did she not? You can say Superman. No, you already said it. That's right, fine. I'll take you. Fine. Superman. Did she not do, mm-hmm. did she not do Thor? She didn't do Thor. Just no, Walt. Just, just Walt. I think. She did this everything. Says, this says Robert Kirkland. <laughs> she's like the Co- Costco, Costco he's, comics. He's, he, uh, paper towels. <laughs> um, Free samples. I'm assuming Robert Kirkman. So I'm going to say. Uh, 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 Invincible what comes to mind. <laughs> Kelly Most Thompson. People. Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Oh. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Spider-Man. Daredevil. I thought of Spider-Man right away. In my head, I pictured Ultimate Daredevil's Spider-Man. what came up. That's that's what it was. Tom King. Uh, Adam Strange. Mr. Miracle. Hmm. Josh, you have a list? I do. Here's the list. Okay. I'll read and you go first. Okay. Doug Mensch. Batman. I don't even have one for it. I just wrote these for you. Uh... <laughs> Fabian, Fabian, I made these harder. Fabian oh. Nicieza. I, I mean, I assume one of the X teams. It wasn't really, it wasn't really a guy I read much in the nineties. Thunderbolts. He mm. took over after Kurt Busiek. Okay. Keith Giffen. Justice League. New fifty two or fifty two. Fifty two, yeah, yeah. Rick Remender. Fear agent. Captain America is what just came into my head. Oh wow. Wow. He's going to love that answer for me, from you. I know. Well, whatever. I, you said fear agent, which would have been the thing I'd say. J. Michael Straczynski. <laughs> Superman walking the earth. <laughs> Spider-Man with arms. To- spider totem? Spider like totem. Iron Spider was great. Mark Miller. Oh, the authority. Wow. Didn't expect that. Whoa. And I hated Flash. that run. Yeah, and you said right. Flash. He took over the Flash. Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just surprised. I'm, I, I'm. You know what? Shocked at myself that the Authority was what popped in my head, but I'm, all, I'm equally shocked that you said the Flash because he did like I three issues of Flash. I would have said the Authority, but the thing is, the Flash was the first time I ever heard of him. He did like That's three why. issues with with Grant Morrison. Right. I like, but I re- like, I remember that. That's the first time I was introduced a, to him. Brains are funny. Yes, they are. Mark Wade, Flash. <laughs> Kingdom Come. <laughs> you just said it. One more. Yep. Brian K. Vaughn. Oh. I went blank. Ex Machina. I went blank and then Doctor Strange popped in. There you go. I like had Marcus a little Martin. stroke there or something. A little comic book stroke. Pretty wow. good. That was good. I like that. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Thanks, like Greg. It. Yeah. We like games. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. If you have a game, let, let us know. Yeah, come up with more of these. We'll, we'll play. I kind of want to do the second email. Go ahead. Matt in C. What does that mean? Uh, CT. Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. I, must, I might have accidentally there's deleted a, the T. There's another letter there. 
I think I deleted that back. So I think I had to that keep. makes sense. Matt in Connecticut, dear I fanboy or specifically Josh, I also have fallen to the Patrick O'Brien hole. My local library has a healthy selection of the books, and I'm 43, so it seemed like the time was right to start fantasizing about a life at sea. If you could time travel back to the Napoleonic War and start a new life at sea, what rank job would you prefer to hold on the ship? Also, what type of ship would you be your preference? Bonus points for going into gratuitous historical detail. This is almost a meat-spilled question, but we'll take it. Uh, so those of you at home might know that um, I've, I've been going through the Was Aubrey Maturin books. What do you mean? Did you talk about it in this show or the media split show? I believe I, I believe it made it all the way. There was definitely a patron power that had to do with this at some point, and it came up. I think it was this show. It must have it been the show. It doesn't. If, if it wasn't this show, Ron would have really torn into you. So there must have been. I've show. hit. I've hit. I'm at, I'm at the halfway point. I just started book eleven. It should be noted that I read one of them. I read the Master and Commander book when the movie mm-hmm. came out. Yeah, I don't know where it is. I looked. I tried looking for it at my mom's house over the over the Christmas. I thought it was there, but I couldn't find well, it. Well, number ten is the Far Side of the World, which is the the movie was a combination of those two, and and it's markedly different. Uh, for example, you know how in the movie they're chasing the French, the Acheron. They're, I they're don't. chasing a French. Well, they are. They're chasing a French boat, uh, but it's Americans in the book. And I was like, I see why they changed that. <laughs> then there's then there's a thing where where Aubrey and Maturin are stranded, and they they. Matron falls out the back window of the ship and Jack goes after him and the boat doesn't notice it because people are singing up on deck and so they are stuck at sea for a while and they're rescued by a gang of uh, Polynesian women who seem to have like killed all the men and they're stuck on the boat for a while. Shit's crazy. It's nuts. It's so good. Um, Anyway, uh, part of the reason that I read books like this, both history and fictional history, is that I imagine, like, well, what would the, how would how would I how, fare in a thing like how this? How quickly will I die? Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, but here's the thing: is that the, my mother's side of the family, they were seafaring folks. Like they, yeah, they genuinely—that's what they did. They lived on you the didn't coast. Get those jeans. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would Your like brother to has s- them. I would like to say. Uh, that I mean, just from reading about it, I'd much rather be an officer. Um, <laughs> well, than, sure. Than just Wouldn't. than than just. But but uh, you know, I I think it's it's very likely. I think that I could be uh, like a purser or something like that, like a, mm-hmm. like a non commissioned uh, commissioned. What does a purser uh, do of, for the people? Not exactly sure. Not sure. Uh, a bo- a bosun maybe. Like the purser, I think, is in charge of the the money, like a quartermaster. Yeah, in charge of the money. Like they make yeah, sure that expenditures. That the, I hope that I'm not wrong about that. It's going to be embarrassing. Um, you know, they can do this stuff. Uh, maybe they were a seaman at some point, you know, one of the hands, um, but an able seaman, like a, like a, like a first rate, not, Who not cleans just, up all the vomit? just a lubber. Well, usually uh, uh, folks are, folks are impressed. Uh-huh. Um, and then they'll take kind of anybody to fill out the complement of the ship and they'll put some lubbers on there and, you know, their job would be to do the non seamanship stuff. So uh-huh. it's clean constant. The deck is constantly being cleaned. Everything's being polished. Uh, you know, someone's got to clean stuff. And, and those and, are the people who have been kidnapped to work on the boat. Pull ropes. It wasn't kidnapping. It was lawful, but yes, that sure. was, they were, they were, they were, imp- they were pressed. They were the, kidnapped legally. Um, I mean, but sure. I would, I would like to wear, uh, the hat, uh, a thwart like Nelson did, as opposed to uh, like the you, you know, uh, four and half, with a, like with the, the younger the, people did with the uh, the the glass that that can the telescoping glass to look at things far yeah. away. Is that what you want? Yeah, I, I mean, I, here's the thing. I really like the clothes. 
I would want to wear the clothes and the and the just the hands. They didn't do the that. Boots. They just wore whatever. Yeah. Oh, and the I, I like it. Like when you were a kid, did you think it would be rad to have an epaulette? Sure. I want epaulettes. I want, and I want a person to do that for. I just want to say, bring the sherry, and they do. Someone does. Some poor yeah. bastard who got kidnapped brings you sherry. Yeah. I think what Matt needs to understand is, especially living on the coast in, in Connecticut. It's totally normal to fantasize about a life at the sea, especially around 43. I definitely do. It's my go-to joke is I'm just going to go to the sea now. I have I have an old seaman picture of a captain with a grizzled beard and a hat and a, like a heavy wool turtleneck and a corn cob pipe that I will often send as a response to something distasteful, which means it's time for me to go to the sea. That's, I think, normal. I think we all stand to the coast, look out of the sea, put our hands behind our backs, clasp them. And think maybe life would be simpler there. That's the what pers- I think. That's normal, and that's true. There's a big. That's a big part of the books is that on sea everybody knows their place. They know what they have to do. When things are bad, you can't do anything about it. Push through it and weather it. And the 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 you know all of the complications of life are actually gone because you don't have to make choices. You just have it's to just get survival. Yeah. And so scurvy. the purser is an officer on the ship who keeps the accounts. So yeah, that's what yeah. I was. I just, you know, I think it's totally normal to be like, you know what? Maybe it's time for a life at the sea. But leave it all behind. I mean, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes voluntarily, sometimes not. (laughs) Thanks for Matt and Greg for writing in. That was super fun. We got some good emails over the break. We could always use more because they're fun to do. Uh, Plug time. Emails have been good so far. Yeah, they've been real strong, real solid. Not a bad one in the bunch. Um. This past week, we had our Media Splode show come out right behind this show on the feed where Josh and I and our buddy Ron talked about all the things we watched and one thing we listened to over the holiday break while we were off from recording. Lots of stuff, more than you would think. And the show got progressively more antagonistic in a funny way. That was Depends on who you are. <laughs> it was it was funny. It was it, it, In the beginning, it's like, are we being antagonistic because we hate each other? And then it was like, no, we're just being... We're just being us. So it was enjoyable. Uh, then ne- this coming week, this very week, if you can't if you can't get enough GI Joe talk, and I know some of you definitely can get enough. You said so. <laughs> some of you reached that level uh, years ago, and we apologize. And yet, it's not going to stop though. I don't. Um, I, I do not apologize. I love it so much, and I don't love it less as time goes on. I love it more. <laughs> well, you're watching the cartoon for God's sake. So it's this so coming good. Week, is our Booksplode show, uh, the first one of the year. We're going to be looking at Classic G.I. Joe Volume 1, which is the first 10 issues of the, uh, you know, the uh, one of the most important comics ever published, G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Or so more. that's coming up. This, this coming. We're, we're only promising 10, but I can't tell you for sure that I won't talk about 14, 16. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. But that's I gotta happening. Get to, I got to get to 21. I know that much. This coming week. So look for that. <laughs> Oh, and then, and then, and then, sorry, then there's another one. And then in two weeks, the animation brand trust is going to talk about Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One. Oh my, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. They haven't done that yet. They're doing it now. Of course they are. They're running out of stuff. You can find our library of over 1,300 shows. And I think about 900 of them are about DC animated movies. Um, <laughs> over at iFanboy.com, wherever podcasts are sold, you can follow at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You'll find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And sometimes you will find the best of the week in panels. I suspect you may find less of that uh, in the coming year. 
Do you, uh, you do you think I should be breaking into volume two? Is that what you're saying? I mean, you should anyway. I was and going if to, there's but something for the in show. there. All right, it's not going to hurt. All right, fine. It's it's, a, it's almost a forty year old book. People oh, I'm enjoying all right. of it. I already yeah, had that. No, I, I shouldn't need, need to do it. I didn't think I need to do it for the show. Yeah, but, but I'm, right. I'm not saying. But I'm also not telling you. I'm I'm not going to if there's not something. Because here's the thing: we're doing one through ten. Eleven is welcome to Springfield. And that's Eleven is where sh- the mythology starts. That's we, when shit we'll pops get into that on the show. off. Yeah, we'll and get he into meets, the show. He, we, I think that's Chris that he meets in that issue, but we don't yes. know who that is yet. I think so, for sure. <gasps> oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read him for 20 years. I cannot tell you how excited I am to keep doing this. All right, so where uh, are we? CSGO Patrick and Jay Flanagan on Instagram. Wrap subscribe it up. to YouTube.com slash iFanboy. You'll find this show there. You'll find all of our old video shows. In fact, there is a G.I. Joe show. In fact, there is. If you can't get enough and you've never seen it, Go back, go to our YouTube page, search iFanboy G.I. Joe. You'll find the whole show we did on G.I. Joe and our fandom and our love of it. We even sing, sing the damn th- theme song on the show. G.I. Joe, the name of Co- <laughs> of America's <laughs> so, special missing forces, determinist of the forces of Cobra. I, I, you know, I don't have it exactly right. But Cobra I've Command. So that's because they change it often. Cobra anyway, Command. Yes, they do. In, in the comics, it's Cobra Command. A Please consider. Terrible or terrorist organization. Yeah, well, they're terrible. Determined too. to take over the world. Rule the world. To rule the world. Please consider yeah. writing us a review or leaving a star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We just looked at the numbers. Half of you do Apple Podcasts. About 15% of you do Spotify. The rest of you do a bunch of other places. So if you are one of those people who are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please check us out um, in the ratings. I don't know what that means. I'm so tired and hungry. My words have stopped did making say, sense. Did you say check us out in the ratings? Yeah, that's my words have stopped making sense. I can smell the food. I can't smell the food. You got slapped with a palooka hand. That's what happened to you. (laughs) I got palookaed. Damn you, Chris. You got hit in the the beef with a palooka. If he hit you in the beef with a palooka, it'd be all over. Do you remember what, what, like, he hit him in the beef was from? Yeah, Flintstones. Flintstones, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, thanks for listening. That was fun. Next week. That was fun. Will there be more G.I. Joe talk? Well, there will be, but will there be on this show? We'll find out. Find out next week. I mean, really, the question is, how long will this last? (laughs) That's true. We're on a high, but the the highs never last forever. No, no, but... Was Cobra Law the first indication of the high weaning? We'll find out. You know what the most disappointing toy was ever? Uh Uh-oh. Nemesis Enforcer. Because he, like Cobra Law or not, he looked cool as shit in that movie, and he had those big, scary wings, and the toy had those crappy, snap-on, tiny, like, like, comedically small bat wings. And he had he had all in bad, the cartoon Josh, he had those bad. he had those big like blades that came out of his elbows, but they were just little nubs on the toy. It's all bad. It was like and they were all, Marvel like, Universe. The problem bad. with the toys was is that they were all the same height, so nobody got to be bigger than anybody else. Like Tunnel Rat should have been smaller. That's well, well, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, because it was cheaply. Yes, you're right. No, but, I mean, we know why. All right, we have to go now. My name is Connor. I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. You know, Stalker has been on sale for like 20 bucks, but he, or I'm sorry, like 12 bucks, but he doesn't come with a jetpack, so that's why I haven't gotten him. Does he have a beret? Yeah, of course he has a beret. Well, then get Stalker. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what Stalker's first name is? Uh, I did, and now I don't. It's Alonzo. Alonzo, that's right. Mm-hmm. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Get up and get get down. Late night, one more, where's the late crime?